Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Hello, hello, hello. Linda Talaferro here, Being Brown at Work. Today, I'm going to talk about something I've talked about before. It's probably been maybe months um, since I brought this subject up. Uh, I'm going to bring it up again. And it's because of an article I read at LinkedIn. I put the link to the article so you can read it yourself. I came across it on LinkedIn. And it was uh, from the Executive Leadership Council for Black Professionals, and it was their journal for winter 2021. And I'm not sure why it was called winter 2021, but uh, it's that's the, the time that this was published or the way it was labeled. And it was actually an article written by a gentleman named Lee Pham. And it's on code switching and it being both official and also harmful for people of color. And I have to tell you that after reading the article, it really made me reflect on code switching. And which is why I titled this Code Switching, Is It a Necessary Evil? Because I'm beginning to believe that it is. He really sparked some thought and I wanted to share it in this Being Brown Live episode because I think it's so critically important for us I mean, you know, I'm all about mind shifting. And if there's a mindset shift that's necessary for us to be successful, then I'm really trying to spark that in us. So let me talk a little bit about what he shares and then my view that I'd like to leave with you so you can consider this um, for your career and how you move forward in your career. So he talks about two areas. One is And I'm looking at some notes that I took and I'm going to be bouncing back and forth for the article because I'm telling you it's got some gems in it. So one part he talks about interdisciplinary talent. And what that means is, have you ever seen anyone or talked to someone or you keep in the look at my career on LinkedIn, someone that started at one place, but then they tend to move into areas that you would have not thought they'd be in. So for instance, my career, I'm a mechanical engineer. I spent quite a number of years in automotive. And then with, I think it was what 10 years or so, I moved into engine manufacturing at Detroit Diesel. Completely different. Marine engines. uh, It was completely different from automotive. And then I also, a part of my career, went to a sensor monitoring device company that actually those sensors that are on the tags on shelves in your stores or you know in your vehicle in your phone on washer and dryers completely different industry and so that 
shaped my interdisciplinary background and experience. He also talks about in this article, agility, meaning balancing comfort from standard operations with the pursuit of innovation and risk-taking. And when I read this article and I reflected back on my career, where I was in those standard operations for a number of years in automotive, and then I switched totally when I went to Little Fuse because high-risk organization, doubling the size of the company, acquisition-focused, working with companies like Tesla and other places, actually was able to go to Apple, you know, just a totally different environment than what I had grown up in early in my career which gave me the agility. I'm telling you, reading this article really opened my mind up. So when I thought about interdisciplinary talent and when I thought about agility, and then we get into code switching. Okay, you're thinking, Linda, I'm lost. What's the connection? Well, I'm going to give this to you in this episode. So code switching, we know what that is, right? We change how we talk. We change our behavior. We change how we act in certain situations. And for people of color, code switching has been around for centuries. It's the way we survive, right? I mean, it's definitely a survival technique. Any person of color does it. And for most of us, we do it subconsciously. We do it subconsciously. In the article that Lee wrote, he gives an example. And when he put it in here, I reflected in my mind's eye and I was like, Oh my gosh, yes, that was code switching. Didn't pick up on it. And that's probably because it's so natural for us as people of color. But if you think back to the 2012 Olympics, President Obama, at the time president, was congratulating the winners, the basketball team that won. The U.S. won in the Olympics in 2012. And the way he congratulated the coach, who happened to be white, versus when he walked up to Kevin Durant. Totally two different exchanges. He code switched immediately when he got to Durant. It was a fist pump. It was a, you know, the hug. It was that type of special hug that they had code switching. And I'm sure if you think about that and then you reflect upon yourself, you've done it. I know I've done it. My daughter called me out a couple years ago at a restaurant She was like, mom, you code switched. I was like, what? She said, when the waiter came over, your complete tone changed, even though your vocabulary changed and how you greeted him. Totally subconscious, not aware of it at all. Well, I'm 59 years old. And so I've been doing this for a long time. But I would even offer to those of you that are probably half my age, you're doing it as well. Like I said, it's just part of our in eightness, it's in our culture. I mean, it's a thing we do. But it's becoming difficult uh, to maintain that. I mean, it, I will tell you that it being an eight is one thing, and it's a survival tactic for sure. But that doesn't make it easy. And it doesn't uh, reduce the amount of harm that comes upon a person of color that has to code switch. I mean, we deal with microaggressions on a regular basis, right? I mean, we deal with tone policing. And I'm going to tell you, Lee Pham and his article, I'm recommending that you go read. He has his opinion. 
on code switching, code switching, excuse me. And he's made me think a little bit about it. And I've moved from my original position, but there's certain areas. I think there needs to be a balance, a balance in this such that you do not, it's not the thing you do that totally takes you away from your authenticity of who you are and your integrity. That I believe does not happen. And tone policing, what I just mentioned, you know, if somebody is checking you because you are very passionate about something that the average person would be passionate about, but they're checking you because you're speaking sternly, you're speaking very direct, uh, your tone of voice, you, it doesn't have to get louder. Your volume, I mean, does not have to be loud, but your tone is pretty stern. And then all of a sudden, they want to be fearful or scared or, oh, my gosh, it was too much. When the subject matter at hand calls for that level of passion, that's tone policing. And that's where, for me, the code switching, I'm saying, okay, that's where the balance and that's where the line is drawn. Because I'm not going to water down my passion for uh, racism or disparaging treatment or um, you know, something that questions integrity, not going to go there. But I will say that he sparked my thought a little bit deeper to say, okay, we as black and brown people, and specifically women, because we have to deal with the intersectionality of us being women, as well as us being women of color and being successful in the workplace, is there a balance here? Is there a mindset shift that we can take around code switching that then is necessary of which we can use to our benefit and our growth in our career? And this is where the aha moment came from me. Now, you heard me talk in the beginning about interdisciplinary talent, the fact that I started in the automotive industry, I have a mechanical engineering degree, and then I went to diesel uh, engines for marine, for marine vehicles, uh, and for defense ships in the military. Then I went to Little Fuse, a censoring monitoring company, and was at Apple, you know, working with them or at Tesla or was in the washer machines. Completely different industries, right? All rooted in mechanical engineering. I mean, I'm at censoring monitoring device company, but I'm not a double E. I'm a mechanical engineer. Right. So that's interdisciplinary talent that I built in my career and the agility of me moving from what was standard automotive industry to high risk sensor monitoring device working at Apple is the same as code switching. It's that connection. That's what makes me more likely to be successful as an executive versus someone who didn't have those interdisciplinary experiences. You get where I'm coming from. And so if you take that and you look at it as yet, yeah, code switching is the same thing. My ability to be agile, my ability to adapt depending on what room I'm in, who's in the room, what atmosphere, what part of the country I'm in, that too. You know, I speak German. I've traveled globally. I've lived overseas. That's that agility, right? That's that code switch. I could be in a room full of Germans and immediately somebody say, oh, she's code switching. Yes, I'm speaking German because I'm adapting to that environment that lets people know, wow, 
you know, she could switch it. She's agile. So it's a mindset shift. What has been historically negative, and, and again, I am not minimizing the effect that code switching has. I'm not minimizing it because, you know, just as Lee mentions in his article, and I'm going to look at that real quick, as he mentions in his article, you know, people feel like they have to water down themselves in the environment, you know, that I can't really be fully myself. I'm constantly battling with censoring myself. I get it. It, I, I get the challenge that code switching brings. And that's why I say, you know, his article says it's it's you got to do it wholeheartedly all the way through. I'm just offering to you that there should be a balance and that you should consider the positive sides of it and how it can be connected to really setting yourself apart as a brown or black woman truly ready for that executive seat at the table. That's what I'm offering for you to consider. And I'm going to be honest with you. You know, when my daughter called me out for code switching or when I initially went uh, looking into this, you know, from several years ago when she brought it to my attention, I wasn't of this opinion. I was not of this opinion at all. Not at all. I will tell you that. I wasn't of it. Not at all. I had a totally different opinion until that article came out and it really caused me to reflect and think. And what I love about it is the connection to agility, the connection to the interdisciplinary talent that you have to have to be an executive. You know, you can't be, you know, just this one single note person that has not had any other experiences. You know, you get an engineering degree and you stay in engineering your whole career. Well, that's not interdisciplinary or you uh, get a finance degree and you stay in finance the whole time and you stay at finance companies the whole time. And there is no uh, depth or breadth to your experiences. You want to have interdisciplinary experiences. You want to be agile. You want to show that ability to move and to flow and to flex irrespective of what's in front of you. So just like I shared where I started at General Motors at a, it's no longer around, but Delco Moraine, and then I moved to Detroit Diesel, two different worlds of manufacturing, but manufacturing it was, and then went on to an electronics company, like totally different, gave me that breath and depth in living overseas and speaking a foreign language. You know, all of that gave me that depth and breath that then translates to someone that I could understand what it means to have a senior executive position and to be able to lead globally at that level. So take some time. Like I said, I put the link there. If you're catching this, um, you know, at a, in a different venue, uh, go out to LinkedIn, just do a search on executive leadership council, Lee Pham. That's Pham is P-H-A-M. I'm telling you, it is the most interesting article really, really sparked my thought process around code switching. But I offer to you to consider code switching, necessary evil, yes, but with a balance, not 100% in, because you will lose yourself. And then there's nothing about a career that's fulfilling and that you're happy with when you don't feel like you're yourself. 
When you do, when you believe you're you're somebody else, you're faking it every day. That's why I don't believe faking it till you make it. I don't believe in that at all. So clearly, I just want to make make it clear that that's not what I'm saying. But I'm telling you, there is a connection to this code switch that doesn't have to change who you are at all, but it allows you to show those leadership skills that are necessary for you to get that next level opportunity. And that's the key here. That's the key here. Now, there's going to be times when we're going to have to continue to work. I mean, I am I am relentless about all the other things that happen to us as women of color in the workplace, not dismissing those. But when I know that I can connect code switching to my agility level and the fact that I have a talent that's above and beyond everywhere else, because it's interdisciplinary, it is combining all these different experiences that yet make me at another level, I'm all in. I'm all in. So take a look at this article. Um, I would love, send me some comments. I'd love to know what you think about this after you read it. I really would love to know what you think about it. And I'm going to have some guests in the future. I'm so excited. So there's going to be guests on Being Brown Live starting April 13th. You don't want to miss it. Starting April 13th, I've got guests coming on and they're going to be running uh, for the rest of the year. Um, so many different Tuesdays of the month, we'll announce them in advance. And I've got one in, you know, in the future that's going to be talking just about this. He's going to be talking about his experiences around uh, code switching and what it means. I've got someone else that's going to take their view on a little bit different twist. So, you know, this is all about making sure that we have every tool, every tool, every methodology in our toolbox, in our skill set. So there is no doubt about it, no doubt about our ability and our readiness to lead. Code switching, check the article out. Don't know that it's totally an evil. Uh, I call it necessary. The evil is rooted in the fact that it's been around for centuries and it's a, a method of survival. But when you strip that down and you really look at how it can benefit you while you maintain your authentic self around integrity and everything else, it can be powerful. It can be powerful mixed with everything else I shared with you. But like I said, take a look at the article, everyone. Um, this is something that's extremely interesting to me, and I would love to get your different views and thoughts on it. Um, even if you could send me an email, I'd be open to that as well and exchanging the thoughts. So Yet another tool for your toolbox. You know, I'm all about taking us to another level, that mindset shift so we can get out of our own way and get these next level opportunities that we so deserve. Take care. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.